1: PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcarecom loss. That's plushcarecom loss. Coming up on TMS. Dick doc. Alien, not aliens. All those stars are probably dead. The Italian hair and the whatnot. Goatsy black hole with Bobby. Actual science words with
0: Bobby Frankenberger. Oh, shoot. We had two Bobbies. Yeah. I'd like to comfort eat! A diagram of teeth, crotch, and
1: eyeball. Kind of worked either way. Full pupit status. At least we're safe for the next seven minutes. Mom's spaghettification on your sweater. Losing Wendy to microwaves. It smells like Fritos in here and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Cass!
2: <laughs> volo, volo. Volo volo, Dio, digge.
1: Dio, digge. E Ferrari, if e Ferrari, me, missus, misses bushy, misses Bushy. Now would anyone believe
2: that a pencil could cause an accident?
0: A sharp
1: one. The morning stream. They mostly come in the morning. Mostly... Good morning, everyone. Welcome to TMS with Scott and Brian. Today's Thursday, uh, March 25th, 2020,
0: 2021. twenty-one. <laughs> I'm so like the intro to uh, the Ramones. I want to be sedated. 2020,
1: 2020, 2021. I want to be sedated. If I'm being honest, I do want to be sedated. There's days, man, where I'm just like, freaking put me out. Uh, Actually, today would be a great one. Yeah,
0: I'd go yeah. to the dentist uh, after the show today. So yes, yeah, sedate me for my cleaning.
1: Oh right. Okay, so you got to remember. I know you will. Yeah. You got to say, "Hey, I got this little sensitive area right here, lady." Oh, keep your tools to yourself.
0: I think they've got a they've got a map basically. When they pull up, they've got a computer screen, and I think that uh, it must indicate sensitive areas because they they don't hit them anymore. It's amazing.
1: Mm. Mm. They have three well, sensitive they areas like, They show Brian's rear teeth, his crotch, and his eyeball. <laughs> All up on photos up there. <laughs> don't touch my in sensitive that yeah, yes. In that order. Yeah, in that order. Teeth, crotch, eyeball. Nailed it. Yes. Uh, Actually, yeah. Well, that would be fun. You well, just George doing... Carlin <laughs> used to call an army shower. There you go. Right, you're just doing a um, cleaning, right? Just just, a cleaning, like a just routine up. cleaning, yeah. All right. That's good to do. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I know people have who have gone like four or five years between dental vis- visits probably don't want to do that. I want to no. get in there more often? You know, get in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've gone every six months in COVID times, and uh, that's I usually do. Actually, I guess I usually do four to six months. Usually three visits a year.
1: Yeah, most people are already masked up, man. Mm-hmm. That's that was already their deal. Gloves and masks, right. baby. Yeah, putting their hands yeah. in your sewer mouth and looking and for
0: now. They're and now they've got like the mask, and then a mask over the mask, and then a uh, blast shield over the masks, yeah, like a, a clear plastic blast shield.
1: Yeah, so they can try to beat that weird ball in the Millennium Falcon while uh <laughs> That's
0: right, exactly. I can't see anything with the blast shield down!
1: <laughs> How am I supposed to hit it? <sighs> <laughs> bunch of mumbo jumbo religion or whatever he says over there han solo being a dick while it's happening when, uh. when
0: are we gonna sit down and just redo all the audio for like basically just redo the audio for uh storm that'd, we'll that'd, really that'd, really that'd be really fun that'd be really fun
1: sit there watch it record while we go just ham it up and try to yeah, remember what right. they said i'd love that it's actually a that'd decent hilarious. idea Anyway, well, that's good. You're gonna go do that, enjoy that, and uh, yeah. uh, have fun there. Um, what was going? Oh, I was gonna say. I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Um, this morning, I <clears throat> I played this right here. Whoops. Hold on. That kids have grown to. Del- no, that's the wrong one. Okay. The morning stream. This right here. They mostly come in the morning. Mostly. Okay, so that I feel I put that in there randomly without meaning to, without checking it. This is like the eighth yeah. thing in a row that has some reference to the film Aliens uh, in the last few days. And I feel like the universe is trying to say, Scott, why don't you just sit down and watch aliens? Like, should I, should I just watch aliens? Like what's my problem? I mean,
0: we talked about it on TMS. We talked about the movie aliens being better than alien or being, um, yeah, better or more likable than, uh, than alien. Mm -hmm.
1: They're both amazing movies, but to me, the one supersedes the other because it's like, it's a really great sort of, uh, It's where it all was meant to go. Mm -hmm. Like, we're Mm -hmm. all going to go... You start with your little horror movie with one alien on the ship. Right. Then you amplify it and ramp everything up on the second one. I think that second movie is amazing and we'll always think of it as one of my favorite movies ever. It's just
0: Yeah, I mean, it's such a great example of different movies in a series being different genres, right? Like, Alien is is your slasher film except the slasher is an alien, mm -hmm. is a xenomorph. Yeah. Your Aliens is... uh, I just wish they would have picked. Come on, uh, Cameron, pick a different name, like Aliens. I get it, right? Because yeah. there's multiple. Mm-hmm, I get it, but mm-hmm. but now forever, when people are distinguishing between the two movies, they're going to say Aliens. <laughs> 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 it's like a, it's like Coming to America. Yeah. Oh, did you did you see Coming to America? Yeah. I saw Coming to America, but I've not seen Coming to America yeah, yet.
1: I don't like those either. Uh, I don't know what else you do though. It's too tempting. I'm sure the people at Fox at the time are like, oh, we got to just put an S on
0: there. Yeah, that's- I get it. I mean, I, I totally see why he wants to do it, but right. they didn't think ahead of time and say, what are people going to, how are people going to talk about this movie in 30 years? Yeah. What are they going to describe it? How are they going to yeah. distinguish it from the first movie?
1: But to me, it's so good and such, is so great at being what it is. And yes, at its very core, it's such a much more action oriented, you know, take on the Aliens franchise. But what I love about it, is it's now its own thing. So people make references to aliens almost as its own genre. The sole, you know, space grunt marines with wicked cool guns still shoot bullets, but they're kind of crazy cool bullets and big xenomorphs chasing them down like it's its own thing now. And I don't know why, it just feels like the universe Mm -hmm. is saying, hey Scott why don't you watch Aliens? It's been a while. Why don't you do that?
0: Paul freaking Riser.
1: Yeah, Paul Riser stuck in a closet thinking he got it all worked out. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Didn't work out. I want you well. to go back, oh.
0: Ripley. You and my wife and Hank Azari, who walks our dog, and
1: <laughs> wait, was it My cousin, who my
0: cousin who spits on people at uh, comedy shows. Did you and, know they uh,
1: made a new version of that, and I, we, I didn't even know it. There's a, like a reunion deal. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Is it is it out yet, or is it uh, not? Is it in production? Uh, um, uh, now that you production? say
1: that, mad about me? Re uh, see reboot? No.
0: Not about you is the name or of the show. Or does it, matter? <laughs> oh, 2019. So this was actually two years ago for Pete's sake.
1: Oh, yeah, there it is. Reveal trailer, Helen Hunt, Paul Reiser. So she looks barely any different. Yeah. He, he looks 83. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> don't know what happened there. But she didn't age. He did. So well done, Paul Reiser. Yeah. He rose to a new age. She stayed right where she was at.
0: Ann Ramsey looks anyway. pretty close to the same. John Pankow. is that the guy at the? Uh, he was the um, the brother.
1: Oh, was no, Ira a, Buckman. Was yeah, brother. He was the brother. I don't remember the brother. I didn't
0: watch was, that show that
2: uh,
1: much.
0: I liked it. He okay. reminded me a little bit of uh, um, uh, Larry from Three's Company. He was kind of like the.
1: Oh right, <laughs> the
0: side guy. Right, like yeah. kind of look like, kind of looks like that
1: guy too. <laughs> Got the Italian hair and the whatnot. Yeah yes totally exactly him. well anyway for whatever reason i just feel like i gotta do this and uh so i'm, I'm gonna yeah, now that watch, doesn't mean watch, uh, parasite might still uh be on the oh, list whatever
0: might still have be, that, uh, you know what i've i've
1: one of these days i'm gonna you're gonna be so like sure that i'll just never gonna do it that one of these days is am gonna show up and say oh brian i watched parasite and you're just gonna be blown away you won't believe me actually you'll say <laughs> no i'm gonna be like happened. all right whatever you'll say describe part of it you need to prove that i saw it and i'll and I'll describe a scene right and then you'll... yes
0: i'm gonna ask you questions trivia questions about it yeah. well now you know now it's like you gotta almost bundle it with um minari the uh Oh, right. Uh, new Korean-language film with uh, Steven Yeun from uh, Walking Dead.
1: Yeah. I, I really do want to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But part of me is still like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's with Parasite. I just know it's forever on Hulu because Hulu That's owns the, the rights. That's the problem.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly.
1: So I don't feel it, it, any uh, rush or any kind of like deadline or whatever. Instead, I'm like, ooh, Fury Road's <laughs> on HBO Max again, even though I own this right, on 4K exactly. Blu-ray. Let's, watch, watch, oh, let's
0: watch Waterworld again.
2: Uh, <laughs> instead of watching...
0: Yeah. A critically acclaimed, Oscar-winning film.
1: Yeah, foreign film. Listen, uh, you should
0: watch it just watch it just for the reason that it pissed Trump off so much that a
1: Korean film won the Oscars. Did it? I don't remember that. Was he all mad about that?
0: Oh, my God, yeah. There was a big uh, platform of his for a while about, uh, Did you see this? A uh, Korean movie won the Oscars. <laughs> Korean movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I'll tell you something. I have had—I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but I have one. I've now gone, I think, a month, one full month. Yeah, I think at least that, where I have I have actively uh, or proactively avoided all things political as best I could, and by and mm-hmm. when I say best I could, it, what I'm referring to is like. It's impossible to open Flipboard or Apple News or any number of news services, Google sure. News. It doesn't matter where; they're all trying to shove it down your throat, twenty-four-seven.
0: You haven't posted on Political Scott or anything. No, like that. whole
1: month, whole month since I've done it. That's in fact, right. if you go there, if you go to that account now, uh, let just see, Twitter. I how
0: yeah, I haven't looked at uh, Trump's Twitter in a long time. Is he? How's he? What's his? What are his tweets like lately? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah,
1: I assume he's still out there. <laughs> But because I've got them blocked yeah, totally everywhere is. and I un- I unfollowed anything remotely, politically speaking, like I just unfollowed all of it. Here's what my that account now says. The name is Political Not Scott. And my bio says so long and thanks for all the fish, but spelled P-H-I-S-H. So fishing. <laughs> okay. uh, so I haven't touched that account since uh, February 27th. So it's almost been a full month. Um, wow. And wow. I've gone overboard to try to avoid things, partly because... Uh, I've just had it, and everyone's full of crap. That's number one.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: But number pretty two, much, the, um,
0: <laughs> people on the, the politicians on both sides are broken paintbrushes that can only paint in one color. Yeah. Despite the fact that the United States is a mix of reds and purples and blues and and. Yeah indigos and violets and all different shades between red and blue.
1: Yeah, or whatever. Like, even 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 if you... To me, it doesn't matter. Everyone's just full of shit. Like, everyone's full of shit, and I'm sick yeah. of full of shit, people, so I'm just done. So, I've avoided <laughs> it, but I have learned in that month that it doesn't matter how much you've avoided it. There is an entire... There's an entire mountain of money at stake for certain people to make sure they're constantly shoving in your face. And... It doesn't matter how much I avoided it. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, a thousand other things online are just like, no, 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 here, look, 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 here it is. No, 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 don't turn away. Here it is. Right. Shoving your right. face. Constantly feeding it into your face. To the point that uh, I think I finally get what the racket is. Like, I finally fully understand the racket. It used to mm-hmm. be like... A, no, that news organization is pushing this really hard because they believe in the... They, exactly. Oh, yeah. No, they find, don't.
0: Find the news channel or the, uh, the site that doesn't have any advertising Yeah. and they give the news because they care about the news. Yeah,
1: and those don't exist. So yeah. Uh, yeah. because it's a giant enterprise everywhere, mm-hmm. they push what eyeballs want to see. That's it. That's it. Uh-huh. They try to grab you with uh-huh. like link bait and everything else. This all I know none of this is new, all right? But I was holding out hope that maybe there was a, uh, you know, part of this that was altruistic and and not full of garbage. Now, it's all full of garbage, all of it. So <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, a super super downer thing, but for me it's a little freeing. It's like, "Oh. All right, well I get it now. You all blow." So you know, uh, 24 hour news channels, you've none of my interests at heart. Nothing. Nothing you can say is good for me. All you're yeah. trying to do is get me to buy gold bonds and freaking <laughs> whatever, right? The, uh, like whatever your deal is. Commemorative
0: plates and whatever Ray Liotta is, is, is pushing these whatever days. Whatever Ray, Ray Liotta
1: is pushing. Well, a good, that's a good way to put that. Um, yeah. I just don't care. So, So I'm done. So, I'm done with those people. You're all full of it. I'm done. Don't need it.
0: See, there's, there's, uh, I'm always like a, well, I tend to lean on the, yeah, I'll do the little bit. I'll like take that in moderation. You know, you,
1: you tend to go, I'm all
0: in. Yeah. Now I'm all all out. out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's true. In this particular case, uh, I really do think I'm all out. Like, I'm my, Uh, my, so, so what I've done instead, it's not that there's a void now where all that chatter used to be. I've filled it with more tech stuff and more gaming stuff sure, and sure. more of the things I'm interested in. My Twitter following now or my follow list on Twitter is like tons of artists. Like I've overwhelmed the system with like concept artists and comic artists and mm-hmm. just just all the things that I love to follow and do and I'm into and that I do See? myself and just surrounding as myself as soon as with you got stuff.
0: that shot in your arm you'd become a puppet of the leftists <laughs> and the leftists don't want you to look at any news and uh
1: i am a pupit now
2: <laughs>
1: i've reached full pupit status that's right anyway i wanted to tell uh, uh speaking of twitter there's a we have a listener on twitter named whistle uh w-h-i-s-t-l uh, is how mm-hmm. he spells it uh, I just want to let him know. I hope his surgery surgery went well. Uh, I don't think he knew we were going to do this, but he had sent a sort of a random uh, tweet the other day when we didn't have a show and uh, made a little joke. Says, ah, you guys are worried about my surgery. That's sweet. Everything went well. So I'll be home <laughs> going home tomorrow, hopefully. Hey, whistle, uh, if you're home, we hope you're well. And then it went, we don't know what your surgery was. We're not here to violate your HIPAA business, but uh, nope. if you got well a. Yeah,
2: if that recovered.
1: third nipple was just too much, I get it. Get it off. Take it out. Remove that third nipple. Let's ask him if you can keep it but get rid of it
0: and I hope if they gave you pain meds they gave you the best pain meds the best the best pain
1: meds <laughs> see Brian's doing his best to try to poke into my non my little shell of <laughs> <laughs> coming in with these voices Oh am
0: I, am I triggering you you snowflake
1: <laughs> yeah you're triggering my snowflakiness uh, anyway uh, so there you go uh, uh, Whistle we hope you're doing well uh, we, like, we like to hear when our when our listeners are, are dealing with hard things and and, and uh and doing and oh, dealing he's in with hair. Well.
0: He's home again, still in pain, but oh. better. Oh, he's here. Oh, very nice. Yes. Whistle 34 So good. I'm glad we're glad uh
1: very glad so, to hear that. I'm also glad to hear we've saved the date. That's right. This month's uh play date will actually happen in April. <laughs> April second, uh is the big day. It will be a Friday. It'll probably be about a half hour before we do PM normally. That's usually what we do uh and uh we're still locking it or uh, locking down what we're going to play whether it's among us or we're going to play some more uh jackbox stuff we'll probably alternate a little bit um we always have there's always a group of people that are like yay among us and others are oh i hate among us and then yay jackbox Ah, i hate jackbox yep you know we try to we try to do all we can but uh and if there's some third thing we may do that i don't know but right now that's the plan and it's the second and you guys should be here for that everyone's invited uh, it
2: will be
0: a very good Friday. That's all I can say mm. is uh April 2nd
1: will be a good Friday. Yeah, be a good TMS. Friday. That's what I say. I agree. <sighs>
2: it
0: um, actually
1: is a good Friday. <laughs> yeah. Is it actually a good Friday that day? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how this Yeah, because Sunday's Easter. <laughs> oh. right. duh oh my gosh, it's Easter already. What?
0: It's Easter already. Come on, don't you remember? Oh, you know, never mind, never mind, never mind.
2: I'm uh, not gonna do it.
1: I'm not gonna re- do it. You were gonna bring up another political thing, weren't you? From last I year.
0: was. I was gonna remind us of of uh, a year ago when Trump said, Ah, the virus will be gone and the churches
1: will be full for Easter, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think some of them were, but it didn't go so great.
0: It did not go well at all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, oh, all right. well, let's let's get off of this. <laughs> April second, Friday, good Friday, TMS yes. Patreon play date. And uh,
1: be there, you we'll slackers. Yeah, be there. We're gonna play. We're gonna have fun. I'll and, bring the uh, gin. You kidding me? The gin. Oh, you, will you? Okay. Sure. I'll drink. I'll drink some gin. All right. Uh, do you mix gin with anything, or do you do just pure yes. gin? Or oh, you do? No,
0: no gin, and I like gin and tonic. But I like uh, gin and Fresca. Any sort of light citrus soda is mm. good with them. Um, let with gin. Also, I have been continuing to do the raisins.
1: Oh, sweet. Wait, yeah. Are they I, back? You know, I, are didn't, they, are I didn't they...
0: soak those gin raisins for nothing. Yeah, we, still, ta- uh,
1: we talked about putting those in a more of a glass thing next glass. time and so yeah. it didn't taste as plasticky, possibly. So, uh.
0: Yeah, it wasn't so much a plastic taste as much as it was a soap taste.
1: No, oh, that's no good either.
0: <laughs> Ooh, uh, Claire says cream soda. All right, I'll try that.
1: Ugh. Gin and cream soda, really? Gin and cream soda, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, do
2: this. I think science is cool.
1: I do, too. Time to talk some science with our buddy and our pal, Booby Frankenbooger. (laughs) It's your fault, dude. You told us. You're the one. You said.
3: I think you are more bothered by that name than I am, because you apologize every single time.
0: (laughs) It's true, yeah. You told us. You told us. It's your
1: fault. It's your fault. Well, look, as somebody who grew up being called Scotty Potty 90% of his life, uh you know, I'm sensitive to, to people doing that to names. And so, you know, I well, never appre- want
3: I appreciate you you caring about my feelings after you... <laughs> after me. I
1: say it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really good point. Hey, uh, it's good to have you here, Bobby. Bobby Frankenberger joins us on uh, Thursdays quite often to talk about different stories happening in the science world, everything from what's happening with uh, NASA and Mars rovers all the way down to what the vaccine's doing. Today's a little bit different, though. We're going to talk a bit about... um the first image of a black hole yeah, uh, gets this polarized update that sheds light on magnetic fields. We're learning more about black holes, everybody, and mm-hmm. they're not just full of weird floating robots and uh, uh, terrible <laughs> 1970s movies from Disney. So tell me more <laughs> about what's going on with this.
3: Um, I want to know more about the Disney movies that are inside the black holes, mm-hmm. but um, science is still cracking that one. Uh <laughs> so so black hole first of all let me start by saying black holes there's a lot of physics involved so I'm going to try not to go too complicated mostly because I barely understand it myself but I do understand a lot of it um so uh if stop me if 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 you have any questions all right we'll um, I'm ready but the news that you were talking about is that the image that was taken back in 2019 you might remember there was that eye of sauron uh uh image that was taken of a black hole the first ever image of a black hole yeah 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 you remember it it got memed all over the place i do remember that yeah it was like a a, the goatsy black hole it was (laughs) we
0: quickly (laughs) forgot about with murder hornets and pandemic but yes i do remember yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was it was a bright light despite it being a black hole it was a bright light in an otherwise dark time so that's right yes (laughs) yeah
3: um, but that was uh, that was really impressive in and of itself because that black hole is fifty five million light years away. Whoa, uh, which is really far. Um. Does, does that mean
1: because we're only can see the light fifty million years later that what we see today is what we would have been there that long ago? And probably it's gone. Like if in real time, it's probably not even there, is it?
3: Well, you, it's probably still there. Uh, because- I want
0: that sentence. Hold on. I want that sentence like
1: on a t-shirt or a... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, think, for real. Like when you see stuff when they're yes. like, oh, this yes. is uh, ten, mil- 10 million ten light, uh, light years, years away, away or even 10 year light years away. It's only 10 years later, right? Yeah. We're right. seeing we're
0: seeing the sun's light seven
1: minutes ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's cool because we can assume the sun's still there in seven minutes into the future we're still going to be okay at least generally you can assume that right. but this black 55 hole million 55 years, million black hole might not be there it right? might not be mm-hmm. there it's probably just an mm-hmm. old hunk
3: of shit now we don't know what do we know we don't know i like that i like the optimism there though like if you look in the sky and you can still see the sun you know you at least got about seven or eight more minutes it's
0: it's kind of the it's kind of the equivalent of Scott watching an old movie and saying, "Yeah, all these people are dead now."
3: Yeah, yeah. Scott Isn't looks up at the this sky. This probably not even there anymore, right?
0: right. Scott looks up at <laughs> the sky. And says, "Yeah, all those stars are probably dead now."
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean you're not wrong. I just for whatever reason it always hits me when you say or anyone says so many hundreds of you know millions of miles away or millions of light years away. I always go, mm-hmm. "Oh, geez." It's probably not even there. Like, I'll go out and look at the stars. I'll see some far-off star. Beautiful night. And I'm supposed to go, oh, what a beautiful summer night. I can see the stars. There's Pollution is gone. Uh, what a what a moment. No, I'm going, that star's so far away that it's probably dead by now. And every planet <laughs> around it has has burned and crashed or frozen because that sun doesn't burn anymore. But I don't know it yet because
3: I'm only seeing it from 50 million years ago. But right now, in real time,
1: yeah. it's dead!
3: Anyway. It's probably... So, stars do exist on an even longer timescale than that. So, it, the black hole's probably still there. It probably is different. Maybe a lot bigger. Um, who knows? But it's it's definitely... St- it's it's. I shouldn't say definitely. It's probably still there. We'll never know. What's it matter? We're it not doesn't gonna matter. We're never going to know. Ch- chances
1: rise. are, chat room said, Torik says this, and I agree. It was probably dead. That star was dead before I even existed. Think of that.
4: Maybe. Uh, I I wasn't even born yet,
1: right? Like, I showed up in uh, 69, out my mom's shoot, right? And (laughs) little did I know that the star that I was going to see low these many years later, it's not even there anymore. It wasn't there when I was born. It probably wasn't there when she was
3: born. It probably wasn't there when any of us were born. These, this conversation really kind of hits at the the <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going somewhere with this um, <laughs> becoming therapy Thursday isn't it yeah, yeah it is, <laughs> this is it, well it talks about it, it sort of like hits on the, the massive scales that we're talking about when you talk about space and especially black holes black holes are weird um, in fact in that image that you look at the whole the the whole the black circle in it is talking about scale that black circle is like forty billion kilometers across. Oh, just my gosh. The, oh wow. Just that circle. Billion. Um which to give you a sense of scale, I think the the distance that Neptune is from the sun, mm-hmm. so our farthest planet from the sun is four point five billion kilometers. Mm-hmm. So Ten you can, times so ten times that. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. That's just, you know what that is? Forty billion. Hold on. That is <laughs> sorry. That is if those were dollars, that's four discords for Microsoft because they're thinking about paying $10 billion for Microsoft. Think of it that way. That's right.
0: Oh, that that finally puts it in perspective. Yeah, we finally yeah, got kilometers it. kilometers were dollars, then, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, do, black holes, I know for a while it was uh, theorized that black holes are born when a star collapses. Like certain, certain yep. stars may turn into a black hole yep. when they collapse. So potentially, right now, we could have a bunch more Actual black holes that we can't see that are that we'll see in fifty five million years when the light of the dying star finally reaches us. You know? Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how black holes form: is stars collapse into them. We have a much closer black hole to us right now. Is it M thirty
0: two or something, or what is it? Uh-huh. Um, well, we
3: have Sagittarius A star, mm-hmm. which is a cooler name than M. Yeah, way, way cooler. Way name. cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was um, my bingo. I
0: think it's one I won bingo with the other night.
3: <laughs> bingo. Yeah. Sagittarius A star is the name for the supermassive black hole in the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Our galaxy. Shut up. Really? We yeah. have a, we have a a thing here. Scientists scientists are pretty sure that every galaxy m- might have uh, a supermassive black hole in the center of it, and that they might be. Pivotal in the creation of galaxies. Oh, wow. I thought I thought
1: we were talking about like the heart of Mark Zuckerberg, not an actual black hole in the in the <laughs> middle of our thing. So you're saying that yeah. that uh, okay? So what does that mean? Anything for us? Do we have to worry at all since it's so close? I mean, relatively. That's a good close?
3: question. That's a really great question because one of the common misconceptions about black holes is that they're like these vacuums that suck everything in, mm-hmm. and that it's just inevitable that black holes nearby are just going to suck everything in, which is not actually. True, because a black hole. If you think about the fact that a black hole is just a star that got so massive that it it collapsed under its own pressure, yeah, um, gravitational pressure. Um, it still has the same amount of mass in the same small space, and gravity, or you know, the way you orbit something is determined by its gravity, and the gravity is the same, <laughs> even though it, it 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 is collapsed down. So you things will just co- continue to orbit around it. So it's not really sucking anything in uh, the best way to explain that concept is to if you were to imagine that the sun if the sun were to collapse into a black hole which it won't because it's not big enough mm-hmm. but if it did happen to to collapse down into a black hole it would be a black hole about six kilometers across and you might think oh that would mean that the earth is gonna fall get sucked into it but it wouldn't because mm. it would still be exerting exactly the same amount of gravitational force on all the planets, and they would just continue to orbit.
1: There just wouldn't be any heat, and
3: we'd freeze over, right? Yeah, we would die. Yeah. <laughs> we, but not because we got sucked in. But right. We'd we die be in the
0: dark, like. and it would suck. Right. Yeah. Our-
1: <clears throat> I think right. The, I think V'ger's in there. Anyway, look at this. I found a quote. Uh, this quote on this article says, Astronomers have long thought magnetic fields carried by the hot gas near black holes play an important role in letting gas fall in. And in launching relativistic, rela, sorry, relative, relativistic jets of energetic particles out of, into the surrounding galaxy, the polarized image uh, we see now tells us that the structure and strength of these magnetic fields is very close to the black hole in M87, where the jet is launched. So, mm-hmm. quick translation: uh, these basically somebody put on—it's the equivalent of somebody putting on polarized sunglasses and going, "Oh." That's different than I thought it was
3: Yeah, so that's exactly what polarized light is, of course. Right. Um it's light that is all oscillating or vibrating in the same direction. Um most of the time when light is emitted it, it's just a random direction that the particles are moving. Um uh, but um or the waves are moving. Um but when it gets polarized it's all moving in the same direction. And so, so like Like when light reflects off the surface of water, for example, it tends to get polarized, which is why when you wear polarizing sunglasses, which filter out that polarized light, um, it will reduce the glare. So another way that um, electromagnetic radiation or light um, of different types gets polarized is by being in a strong magnetic field when electrons from plasma um, start to start to move around really really fast around magnetic field lines they get polarized and then shot back out right and so that it all happens in a very specific way so if you can look at the light which is this is the news item they looked at the light coming off of this black hole uh in the radio waves i say light but it's not visible light they're radio waves right um they looked at these radio waves and they could say oh Let's look at the way that it's polarized and that will tell us something about how it was moving around the black hole which then can tell us something about the magnetic fields that were that it was moving around inside of. And yes, there's a lot of bi- complicated words in what you read, but what it's tell what it has told us is that the magnetic fields around a black hole are super strong, so strong that it actually when stuff falls into a black hole it gets momentarily slowed down and doesn't fall in quite as fast as you might expect from the gravity because the magnetic field wants to hold onto it before oh, it goes wow in. yeah so it's, oh, wow
1: yeah right, it's, that changes like, that whole like, dumb idea that doesn't it it's like. <laughs> <laughs> that Disney movie is shit. Right. It's a garbage that's movie.
0: Shit. Well, no, actually, the whole uh, last couple minutes of the movie are in
1: slow motion, aren't they? Yeah. Well, that's so a good point. Go. Maybe they were <laughs> they were they were predicting accurately. <laughs> you know
3: what they were doing even back then. But
1: this idea that we well, get, it
3: will eventually it will eventually get sucked in. Don't let hmm. me. It will. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you're not gonna. It's, it's not a gonna go. Bit. Bit. And just suck you in like in
1: four seconds, and you you turn into a thin little line of gar- you know compressed I, garbage.
3: I don't know. You will still get spaghettified, which is what you're talking about. Oh, that's, did that's really? Actual, I like
1: that. That's cool. That's an actual
3: science word. The spaghettification is the process of <laughs> matter as it gets sucked in gets gets stretched out into a super long thin strand of matter because of the way the tidal forces. Yeah, you're so close, and the gravity is so strong that the the gravity of the black hole is pulling on your, literally pulling on your feet much stronger than it's pulling on your head. Yeah. And it just stretches you out.
1: I get it. Yeah. No, it's, look, mom, spaghettification, I always say. I always say that. <laughs> yeah. It cuts
3: it. Um, you're always calling people When you're here, you're family and you're going to um, die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bobby. What'd you say? I was just saying, you, you like to call people noodles, but I'm... Um, oh, I do. My so.
1: brother called me noodle as I was growing up all the time, so it kind of stuck. He called me noodle every time he'd see me. He's 10 years older than go. me, so he'd go to college or whatever, come home and go, oh, hey, noodle, what are you doing these days? And it just stuck. So now I say noodle and doodle and... Poodle. Poodle.
3: Um, so <laughs> they also know... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to get out of this. Um, <laughs> Good luck. We're stuck we like a black a hole black in this hole. conversation. <laughs> The uh, the magnetic field lines actually they have also determined are shaped like a donut around the uh, the accretion disk uh, that that is like the the disk of plasma that's around a black hole. But the magnetic field lines go around that disk and form like a donut around the uh, around the black hole. So that's pretty cool. You had me at accretion. Cool. What'd you call it? Accretion? Ring? It's an accretion disk. So when things yes. are getting sucked into a black hole, just like you know how you've got a big planet like Saturn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff gets torn up around it and it's but and it's got a ring, it's got rings around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's because just things that have gotten too close over time, the massive gravity of Saturn just pulled things apart and just all the debris formed uh, rings around the planet. Um the same thing happens with a black hole that has much more gravity. Um, everything gets ripped apart as it's being pulled in, super, super fast, and it gets pulled into plasmas that form a disk, around, uh, orbiting around the black hole that the uh, scientists call an accretion disk.
1: Well, what? Let me ask you this. Uh, sorry, you had the Saturn thing made me think of this. <clears throat> Why doesn't Jupiter have a big giant f- effing ring around it? Because it doesn't so have a
3: big one. It has a small one though. Oh, it does. It does. Have a ring.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yep. it's not
0: as big. Does as well, I think. Uh, does it? I know yes. that a couple, yeah, Neptune a couple does. of the gas giants has have. have uh,
1: if we keep doing satellites coming. every five minutes, we'll have our own ring eventually. <laughs> yeah, they'll smash together. The MTV yeah. ring. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, like I, I, always, I never think of uh, any other planets but Saturn as ringed. But I guess, I guess there's some, and I just didn't pay attention in class. That's what happened there.
3: Jupiter must something must have happened with Saturn. It caught some extra stuff. Mm -hmm. Who
1: knows? Yeah. Well, it's very pronounced there. I just don't. Uh, Well, there's uh, more information on this particular article. People should go check it out and look it up. Uh, Find it at Uh, Mm space.com. Just look for Black Hole and you'll find it. It's pretty interesting. They're doing some stuff with imagery that will help sort of explain this. And um, I find this sort of stuff fascinating. There's a really gorgeous, really cool.
3: If you've ever read my favorite place to go to get a to get a sense of of big like astronomical and astrophysics news is, um, the bad astronomy blog by Phil plate. Yeah. So if you just go, um, look at bad astronomy blog, uh, he does an awesome job of breaking this kind of stuff down. And there isn't even an, there's an article on this that will link to other articles he's written and stuff to about related things. So it's a, it's a really good place to go. Are you annoyed
1: that you're never going to see, uh, but we're never going to know the end of this black holes. You know, we will never know. It's going to take too long. We don't know. It's already 50 billion years long or 50 million years ago. Like what we Musk, see right now, we were never going to, we're not going to be around to Elon see what happens. Musk,
0: Elon Musk is going to figure out a way
1: to make faster than light,
0: uh, travel. Great. And, uh, we're going to send a drone, uh, at at twenty times light speed, and and then we'll then it'll be only like ten million years. Yeah. to yeah. figure out what's going on. Yeah, Tesla a a
1: Tesla drone full of Bitcoin. I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> uh,
0: Playing David Bowie all the way there.
1: All the way there. Hey, uh, Bobby, always a pleasure. And uh, people should le- uh, listen to your science podcast because there's even more of this great stuff on there all the time. Why don't you tell them where to get it?
3: It's a podcast called All Around Science. We do it weekly. We talk about this kind of stuff and just science news and everything. Uh, We're recording tonight, so it'll be out on Monday. Something that you might be interested in, Scott. I'm doing a feature on A-Fantasia, which is the... uh, the, She won the third season of American Idol, if I remember correctly. (laughs) No, that's the Fantasia, Brian. The (laughs) Fantasia. A-Fantasia is the condition where peop- people can are unable in- or incapable of forming mental images of things. <laughs> oh, we uh, Wendy's talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about this. She yes. um she thinks
1: she has a bit of this. <laughs> Cause she has a really hard yeah, time. It's
3: definitely on a spectrum yeah. and some people have it worse or not than others. And pe- a, a lot of artists, um, I've heard the way you describe the way that you imagine things, Scott, probably you are hyper fantasy. Yeah, it's bad. Is, uh, it's kind yeah. of a,
1: it's kind of a burden if I'm honest, it's a lot.
0: I think, it, I think it's what makes you a good artist though, is that you're able to, before you put anything on paper, visualize what it's going to look like. Yeah,
1: I think that's true. But part of that, pr- part of that comes with like just constant. Well, like me, I, you can't say black hole without me trying to f- picture stuff, and then I go crazy with it. you have a
3: really vivid image mm-hmm. of it in your mind. Yeah,
1: or whatever you say. Like, you yep. could say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you could say. You could say navel lint, and I could have a field day for the next six hours <laughs> with all sorts of bad ideas. So... Anyway, don't be like me is what I'm saying. Well,
3: um, if, anyway, if you want to on Monday, if if yeah, if you want to hear about aphantasia and and what it is and studies that have been done on it and 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 all that kind of stuff, because there's been new information that came out about it and and how aphantasic people are harder to scare with scary stories. That's the that's the hook that we're using to get into talking about. Oh, aphantasia. interesting. Um,
1: so if you have that, or you you're you're, you're prone to not being able to visualize. Scary stories don't really do anything to you.
3: Yep, text stories, yeah. That's uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. So check that out on Monday. It'll come out on Monday.
1: Those people should read a Stephen King book. They'll just kind of be bored. All right. (laughs) Uh, It's Bobby Frankenberger, everybody. Bobby Franks. Thanks, man. We'll see you soon. Bye now. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you. He's very good at the science stuff. I love having him on for that. He is.
0: He really is. Yeah, he's great.
1: We owe a tip of the hat to ANTP Season 2 for discovering the great talent that is bobby frankenberger
0: exactly and we didn't have to wait 55 million years for uh, scientists to discover him nope. we have him here we found him ourselves and there he is
1: that's right real quick free hotel rooms in the chat today just okay. like to, just like to make a comment about free hotel room it's good to see you bob i'm glad you're here that's all <laughs> that's all i wanted to say that's
0: it well he, he's not into the uh He's not into the, like, responding to us when we say something. He's more like the the Statler and Waldorf sitting up in the balcony commenting on what we say as opposed to, uh, you know, he won't respond when we ask him a question or say something directly to him.
1: He's like a passing stray dog, takes a a dump in your yard, and then leaves. (laughs) Doesn't hang around to (laughs) see your reaction. We love you, Bob. Of course
0: we love Bob. I'll
1: always treasure our lunch together. Yeah, we love Bob. Nothing wrong with Bob. But, you know, take a dump and leave. That's what he does. Take a dump (laughs) and leave. All right, we're going to do some news. It'll be quick and painless, and it begins with this. Today's news is brought to you by.
0: Brought to you by Coverville, where today, after my dentist appointment, so I don't know exactly what time it'll be. Let's say 2 p.m. Mountain Time. Twitch.tv slash Coverville. That's a good safe. I feel safe in promising that. Uh, Lady Gaga is celebrating her 35th birthday. So we're going to be doing uh, a couple sets of Lady Gaga covers. A couple covers by, actually one cover by her and the rest of our covers of her. And uh, that'll be coming up today, 2 p.m. Mountain Time, Twitch.tv slash Coverville. Or just go to Coverville.tv. What is she now? 35,
1: you say? 35. 35. For some reason, I thought she was a little older. Okay, awesome. I did
0: too. Yeah, Yeah. she just feels like she's been uh, around. There's a maturity.
1: There's a maturity to her that I think is. uh, No, I don't mean in her looks. I mean just something about the way she presents herself. She's always presented a mature sort of. I don't know, just a really strong woman image thing that doesn't make her seem like a young starlet or whatever.
0: Exactly. I I totally agree. Although when we were twenty, we would have said thirty-five.
1: She's ancient. Yeah, that's true. Remember remember when 30 year or I remember when 20-year-olds seemed like they were ancient. Yeah. We were so that? wrong. So stupid.
0: We were so wrong. How could we be so wrong?
1: I don't know. Generation after generation, we just keep doing it.
0: <laughs> so put on your poker face and come watch Coverville, uh, coverville.tv at uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Time.
1: Nice. Uh, so yesterday we had a little TikTok story about sitting on a toilet backwards. Remember that? <laughs>
0: yes. Yes.
1: Well, we got a new one. Uh, TikTok vet. Tell social media users to stop giving dogs chicken with hot sauce.
0: God, why do we have to tell people to stop doing this? Yeah. It seems like you should, people with common sense, people who own dogs should know you don't do this.
1: Right. You absolutely should not. Uh, a vet has warned TikTok users of the dangerous consequences. When I say vet, I mean veterinarian, not a, like, army vet. Okay, just to mm-hmm. clear this mm-hmm. up. Um, <laughs> the dangerous, dangerous consequences that can come from canine hot sauce challenges which apparently is a thing i've only seen one of these come about through my feed and i was annoyed a bit with it psa video showing a small dog and what looks like to be an animal clinic uh care uh, so or in animal clinics care was shared by a veterinary technician named peter uh, who is one half of the popular tiktok account peter and jc you know him you love him I guess. Yeah. I don't little know Peter anymore. and JC. You know, old Peter and JC, Brian, with
0: this one half of the popular Peter and JC. Yeah. But not
1: the JC half, the Peter half. Those are the ones. Um it says, All right, so this is how everyone starts every TikTok video, by the way. And here I'll quote it. <laughs> Honestly, if you go to ninety nine percent of TikTok videos where people talk and there isn't like, you know, music or something, they yeah. start with, All right, so that's how they start. Yeah.
0: Right, right.
1: Anyway. All right, so you know that trend where you give your dog a piece of chicken with hot sauce on it to see what the reaction is. He began. Uh, he then flipped the camera around to show a small dog wrapped in a blanket. Well, this little guy got chicken with hot sauce on it. He explained, between head rubs, and then he got another piece of chicken with hot sauce on it, and they just kept giving him more to see what his reaction was because they thought it was just so funny. And now he's in the hospital with pancreatitis, pancreatitis, pancreaticitis. Yeah, you're right the second time. Pancreatitis. Pancreatitis. All right. So stop with doing trends with pets, says this guy. Peter and JC's videos received more than 296,000 likes, several thousand comments and shares since the original post on March 2nd. Most commenters expressed their disappointment with the TikTok trend. Why would anyone do that to a dog? That's just mean, one person wrote. People uh, should not do that or be allowed to have animals. Another chimed in. It's not right, they said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree. Why would you do this? Why would you do this to your poor dog? Because
0: uh, garbage people on TikTok. Uh, do this Ooh. for likes and follows,
1: and they're just garbage people. Speaking of TikTok, I gotta—it's mentioned on Twitter. I'm gonna say it again. So I have this thing. I don't know why I do this. Uh, I'm intrigued <laughs> by accounts that are either uh, folks who are disabled who run accounts in some way. I—I I don't think that's the right word anymore. What is it now when you say people with disabilities? Um, or uh, I follow a lot of accounts where the caregivers of somebody with Alzheimer's is running an account. And so they're sort of chronicling Mm. this person's time with Alzheimer's. And I find them fascinating because there, there's a rawness to them. And it's, you know, it's of course like in the Alzheimer's case, it's sad. And, and, and you're like, oh man, there, you know, you see them, you know, over time you see them go from, from just sort of having a little short term memory loss to, you know months later they're really in a bad mm-hmm. place or whatever yeah um yeah but the there's something about them I just am drawn to them and and the and the thing also it, it knows that you're drawn to something so it feeds you more of them that's how the algorithm works right and so I'm right. getting, so more getting more and more, more of them all the time and I'm so invested in a few of these people's lives I'm so invested in a couple of people there's old guy used to be a high school coach for 50 years or something where he grew up and his his daughter's taking care of him now and he's just the sweetest old guy but he's just Every day's worse, and and I can't. I have to know how he's doing all the time, and it's just his TikTok account. It's so weird. It's so weird. So that's sweet. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I kind of I like it. There's a lot of humanity on display for those who think I'm just there for the misery. I'm not. It's it's not all miserable. That's the point. Is there's a there's a certain like uh, accelerated amount of sort of uh, love and care that comes from a a child or a grandchild that's trying to do their best for a grandparent who's dealing with with Alzheimer's or whatever. And I don't know. I just get drawn into it. Um, and then the the ones with people with disabilities, whoever they are, I'm just blown away that they are who they are. Like they can do the stuff they do. This blind guy I follow who, who just does way more stuff than I do. And I have no excuse. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I can see. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I really like that stuff. And I don't know why I brought that up.
0: And, that's, right, and see, there's good use of, uh, of TikTok.
1: Well, it's, it's, I mean, And I don't that know. and
0: the artists, its you know, right. the artists that are on there, it's just, it's so much, uh, <laughs> there's so much dick talk on
1: TikTok. There is a lot of dick talk on TikTok. Yeah. They should just call it dick talk. Get it over with.
0: They should just call it dick talk. Maybe yeah. make a separate service. Dick talk.
1: Yeah. Spin off. You're
0: a dick. You belong on dick, doc. Yeah. Get dick a night. Get talk. Yeah.
1: Dick talk. Or dick doc. <laughs> dick doc. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my, that's my erectile dysfunction doctor. That's what I call him. He's my dick doc. <laughs> dick doc. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Look out, labs. French Bulldogs are now second most popular dog in the U.S. They're way overbred and they have spine problems. But anyway, another dog story. Could the French Bulldog become America's favorite purebred pooch? Says this article. Yeah. Well, uh, after riding a rocket ship to popularity over the last quarter century, Frenchies came in second only to the Labrador Retrievers, currently number one. They have been the leaders for 30 straight freaking years. And deservedly so. Yeah, they're sweet dogs. Labs are great dogs. They're pretty great. Um, although I am really gonna put in some points for this Rhymer Reiner that Carter got. We love that dog. She's so great. She's a monster, and she's too big for everything, but she's just the sweetest, most cuddly freaking huge dog you've ever met. I love her. Anyway. Uh the American Kennel Club's latest rankings, that's where we saw these. And uh, they reflect the relative number of purebreds, mainly puppies, that were added uh, last year to the oldest U.S. dog registry. Stocky and smushed-faced French bulldogs have their charms, at least in the fans' eyes. But they also have their limitations. They're not not the type of dog that want to go hiking with you. They got the little shorty legs, Brian.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't get over some of those rocks. Yeah. Some of those uh, little pebbles. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you gotta you know you gotta take care of them for what they are. It says, after Labrador Retrievers and French Bulldogs, the top 10 breeds include German Shepherds, Golden Retrievers, Bulldogs, Poodles, Beagles, Rottweilers, and German Short-Haired Pointers. Uh, Dachshunds made the top 10 for the first time since 2013, so they're back. Dachshunds. What did I say? Did you say dot Dachshunds? Oh, something did like I? That. I might have. I'm going phonetic here. <laughs> I true. I may have said sounds. that. Yeah. Also, they don't. They don't list. Um, I thought there'd be. Um, I forgot the the breed. Uh, uh, my sister sister in law raises them. I forgot the name of the breed. Anyway, I thought they'd be on mm. here. They're not. Anyway, uh, if you if you're into it, I guess you're you're into it, and you might have a French bulldog coming your way for your next.
0: Interesting. Dog. Yeah, I like French bulldogs. Uh, we're we're more of a bigger dog kind of household here. Same. Um, Daisy's about the smallest that we'd want to go.
1: Yeah. Um, but. Um, Do you have a thing you just don't. I mean, is it because there'd be cat competition or what? why? why? What's kind it?
0: of. We, we tend to feel like uh, smaller dogs can sometimes get Napoleon complex where because of their size, they tend to lash out more. They tend to overcompensate for being small by being a little bit more aggressive. Mm. Um, certainly a generalization, and I'll fully admit to that being a generalization, but it's one we've seen with our friends who have small dogs, especially Shih Tzu's that they swear, oh, these are the nicest dogs ever, and then Tina reaches over to pet them while they're, you know, sitting on sitting next to their owner, and uh, she gets bitten, gets snapped at. So it's no, like,
1: it's 100% yeah, okay. true. Everything you say is true. Those do- Little dogs have little dog syndrome, and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had three of them, three little dogs in my adult life, and they were all like that. Uh big dog's no yeah. problem Rainer's stuck yeah. in the middle somewhere she's sweet as can be and kind, but she 's nervous like a tiny dog mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's not she never bites or does anything aggressive with anybody, but she's so nervous. oh, I love her though mm-hmm. but she smells yeah. nervous is that <laughs> it's hard to smell yeah you can smell you can smell the fear on her wow look yeah, at that. like I can smell like if i 'm hugging on Ripley, she just smells like a big dumb dog, just smells like a dog. Right? No big mm-hmm. deal. It's kind of nice. You just want to curl up to the big warm dog and who cares if she smells like a dog. But then Rainer has her own specific smell, which is like a... I don't know how to explain it. It's like a nervous little time bomb <laughs> that has a certain smell to her. Daisy gets that
0: uh, that Frito smell, like from... uh this is something that apparently happens with with uh, dogs that eat a certain kind of food. Even though we've taken her off of like food that is strongly corn based, that she still gets like after a while a corn chip kind of smell. It's like okay, time to wash the dog. She smells like Fritos.
1: <laughs> maybe it's like um, maybe they're just sweat sweating. Oh, I guess they don't yeah. sweat, but the whatever's in their they pores sweat out of their paws. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Paw sweat. Mm-hmm. Paw yeah. sweat. Yeah. yeah. Who's my? He's my favorite bluegrass artist (laughs) in the 60s. (laughs) Old Pa Sweat would come out there and really whip up the crowd. He was great. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister will be here, Wendy. Wendy. She's found her own email this week. Uh, Somebody emailed her, and we're going to use it. So stick around for that. In the meantime, music from Brian right now.
0: Yeah, this is a band I'm really happy that that, that got sent to me. Um, These guys are great. They're a band called Space Cadet. They've got their debut LP coming out tomorrow, March 26th. It's called Lion on a Leash. They are a uh, post-punk duo, Matt and Dave, from The Explosion. And the album was produced by Pete Steinkopf from uh, Bouncing Souls. Uh, They released three songs, three initial songs, uh, Start Running Away, Bad Luck, and Forever for a While. We are going to play the last of those three, Forever for a While. Here's the band, Space Cadet.
2: Again, another glorious day in the city.
3: At least it beats being a damn traffic cop. Why don't you just strangle a dolphin too, sicko?
1: The great kid, uh, the great uh, taste that kids have grown to love. They're great. Turned quick cam check on the kitty, looking good. Uh, Whoop! She looks nervous. Like, what are we doing? What are you doing here?
0: It's because I'm moving my hand back and forth. Oh, <laughs> waving my hand in the air like.
1: I just How about a little baby kid. cam? Hi! Look who just showed up! Hi! You want to see the kitty? Hold on and put the kitty back. Oh, he's showing him right here. Look at the kitty. Look. Yeah, it's a kitty. Do you see the kitty? Can you can you say can you say kitty? A
2: kitty.
1: Yeah, it's a kitty.
2: Can. Oh, chicken? what's
1: this? What, what is he? Is he a chicken?
2: Chicken?
1: Yeah, chicken. chicken. Can you say frog off?
2: Chicken. Say
1: frog off. I
2: love.
1: No, frog.
2: Frog? <laughs>
1: All right. I love you, buddy. I forgot you were here today. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> He's such a chatterbox now. I love it. All right. you just say Ikea? No oh the kitty <laughs> he likes kitties a lot so I'll bet yeah. he made his day with that cat oh good Whoa. she's happy she could do her part yeah well we're all here to do our part um, nicely done alright hey uh, we're back everybody sit still will ya cause Wendy's coming
0: <laughs> sit, still. sit still sit down <laughs> finish your broccoli
1: I'm trying to get him to say, because his mom, when she was his age, I could get her to say frog off, and it sounded like she yeah. told everyone to F off, but he can't quite get the two together. It's not,
0: <laughs> not exactly working. Darn, it just sucks when you can't teach your grandchild how to swear.
1: I know, you want him cussing before he's three, let's get this that going. That is the job
0: of the grandparents, isn't it, and the uncles, aunts and uncles, to uh, to teach the kids how oh, to Oh yeah, swear.
1: dads, all of any of the male jerks in the mm-hmm. house, they get to do it. Uh, that's our yep. job. Older brothers. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I forgot he was coming. I'm so super excited. I get to see him after this. All right, let's let's uh, let's call Wendy. Let's get in here. Let's I'm do this. Here. Oh, I'm she's already here. already here. Holy crap. Look at this. Everyone knows it's, it's my sister, Wendy. She is a therapist and my sister. And those two things together means she somehow agreed for all these many years to come on the show on Thursdays and help you guys with your problems. Okay. That's how it worked out. And Wendy, can you believe it's been 10 plus years now? How does that feel? Crazy. Is that weird? it's mean, crazy. You had oh, hold on a second. When was Peter? I was
4: so young back then.
1: When did P, when was Peter born? What what year was that?
4: Uh, twelve, two
1: thousand twelve. So you'd been doing the show a year, well, a year, or and nine months of which you were pregnant with Peter.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: That's crazy. Think of that. Just put that in your brain and wash it around a little bit.
4: I also was not eating sugar that year.
1: Oh, that's right. Staying I remember that. Yeah. But now you're back. Is you're that full. grumpy
4: the whole time. Yeah. I must
1: have been. <laughs> you now you're just handfuls of the stuff. Right. You're back ah, to full sugar. Back to
4: back on track.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, trust me, that'll go well as you get older. All right, moving on. Hey, uh, my sister Wendy's here. We're going to do a question we'd asked a bunch of you, and we'd actually gotten some of these back uh, in the intervening time about sort of the midlife crisis question. Um, and and now I have a few, but Wendy also got one directly, so we're going to use that one uh, today. And, uh, Wendy, I'll just go ahead and read it. Anything you want to okay. say about it before I start or
2: just no, go for it? No all right,
1: here we go. Hello, Wendy. She gave you a, or this person gave you a Y by the way, not an I. It's fine.
4: And later emailed back to apologize. So oh, we're all
1: good. <laughs> that's fantastic.
4: That's great. Yeah, that's very <laughs> That funny. is great. Aww. All right. Recent- I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be interacting with me. I get it.
1: That's true. <laughs> um, all right. So it says, it goes like this recently on therapy Thursdays, you asked for a midlife crisis submission. This might just fit into that. A little background. I'm about to turn 52. My mother passed away five years ago, the anniversary of which falls two weeks after my birthday. Last year, my father-in-law suffered a major stroke on the left side, leaving him with severe aphasia uh, as well as vascular dementia. Add to that a year of, uh, of a year of cover quarantine, and you'll see where I stand as I write this. Of late, I am haunted by the idea of death. Big surprise. Big surprise. I should say I'm not suicidal. I have no compulsion or urge to end my life. In fact, the extreme opposite. But I lay awake some nights trying to fathom what the end will be. I know it will happen someday. And let uh, see, what will it feel like to become nothing? This really cranked up several decibels when I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson on a talk show describing what the end of Earth will be like, followed followed on by how the universe will most likely end. So now I am carrying that around. And the idea it's going to all go away, nothing will be left... And even if, even if through some miracle of science fiction magic, uh, there's a way to live forever, that would suck to be around when the universe collapses, which made it hard to escape this fantasy. I wouldn't mind any of this so much, but I feel that I have lost my ability to distract from it. It's harder to find joy, and things that used to be fulfilling are now just meh. I haven't given up on finding joy, but it would be nice to not have this specter of death following me around, Counting down the minutes and making all the time that is now behind me as posed as opposed to in the front. In brief, will this pass on its own? Is there anything that I can be doing to speed it along? Any advice will be welcome and put to use. My wife and I have enjoyed you on TMS. You do amazing work. Thanks for all you do. Sincerely, down in the dark. Okay. I super relate to this person, but I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna go off on why, but I I I also do this. I have a real tendency to say well, my dad died of a heart attack at 63, 4, whatever it was, 63? 64, I think he was. And I'm now way further away from that than I am from the date that would be my 64th <laughs> heart attack day. You know what I mean? I think about this mm-hmm. stuff all the time. And uh, so I kind of know what he means. And I'm also.
0: Even on this very episode, we've, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've talked quite a bit about it. Yeah, yeah,
1: there's a little bit of. You get a little. I don't know. I get I get weird about death and there are days where I'm kind of cool with it it's like all right, well whatever if I walk out the door today and I get hit by a I don't know a helicopter flies out of the sky and smushes me oh well what are you going to do and then there are other days where it's like no I don't want to just leave my kids and my baby but then I feel like I don't have any control over it and all that sort of stuff so I know how this dude feels he may be feeling it a little more harshly than I am but um, I feel a kinship here so where do you want to start Wendy with this one
4: is it a dude?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, well, he says him and his wife, but it doesn't mean that it's not a lady. I, so I don't know. I assume so.
4: Missed. I, I missed that the part. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's irrelevant because this is humanity. Um, <clears throat> very deep, right? That's all yeah, I have to say.
2: Very saying. deep. No, it's, yeah.
4: uh, this is tricky. So let's, let's put some uh, framework to this that I think might be helpful for people. Um, part of why I wanted to to have a midlife crisis conversation is because I secretly just wanted to talk about human development (laughs) and it's a stage that is important. And this is not a midlife crisis. So we got an email that is not about a midlife crisis. Bless. Uh, but I have another one we can do next week. That is, this is more about, um, it's a little different and and I'll, we'll explain why i'll explain why cuz this can happen at age 2 to 15 to 25 to 80 right this uh sort of existential dread the the sort of thinking of these big big things that are completely out of your control um sort of not having a a plan that everyone has told you is the truth and that's what you're going to go to heaven when you die and it's all good like that that narrative is incredibly soothing for people, and mm-hmm. when this this emailer does not have that in place, but they are you know looking in all sorts of different directions, and it's sort of building up the the, the more they know, the less they feel safe, or the less they uh, you know have a sense of what's happening. That is terrifying. So we can put anybody in this place, anybody, even the most you know the person that seems the most confident about that. If we could you know, drill it down to this really scary, you don't know. I mean, humans aren't great with that. We are really great with a story. We're really great with something has meaning or purpose or what's the plan, right? Like that's, that development in our brain is a pretty recent one um, as far as humans go, but it's this, it's an extension of all of the very old parts of us, all the old parts of us, which is safety, um, predictability not going to get eaten by something. Um, right. And so welcome. This is everybody. Now we should probably make the caveat here. Anxiety, OCD, other anxiety disorders have the brain sort of jumps onto a topic potentially, and then obsesses about that thing. Um, generalized anxiety is a diagnostic criteria. And that's when you're sort of feeling the anxiety every which way, right? But if anxiety tends to find a a focus, we'll call them phobias, right? Um, You can, there's all sorts. Um, But existential dread can actually be an anxiety disorder. uh, And it becomes existential dread. Everyone has it here or there. Oh, my gosh. What is this all really about? Right. They took Pluto off the list of planets. What does this mean? You know, <laughs> you can have those moments. And then they kind of come and go. And maybe as you age, there's a little more of that, which I'll get into human development in a second. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. But when it is relentless, the topic, whatever the topic may be, that may be a sign of an anxiety disorder, like there's an over uh, hyper focus on a particular thing. So uh, I'm going to talk about this as if it's not for a minute, but I would like to tell this person that they should definitely go talk to somebody who specializes in anxiety Um, and double check that this isn't just the brain doing this. Uh, and you're just sort of living your life, and maybe they've never, I don't know the answer to this, but maybe they've never experienced anxiety before. Maybe they always have, and it's moved from place to place. That's also very common. Yeah. And that's very common in the lifespan for that to to change where the, hype, the, the hyper-focus of anxiety might be. So there is good treatment, and there is good help to relieve some of the sort of... Um, ruminating elements of this and the keeping you up all night elements of this um so just that as a caveat that there is a version of this that is absolutely some you know explained by an anxiety disorder doesn't mean every single person on earth won't have a moment of, of existential dread they will that's that's within the normal range of human experience and then when it's too intense then we got to look at something else right now clearly there are things that happened in this person's life that have moved them towards this direction um what you know and that's the lifespan stuff we start to watch our loved ones pass away we start to become I, I my whole life i just know that mom has read the part of the paper that has all the obituaries and it's always just like looking for friends and looking for people she knew and um, and, you know, I think now most of those people are already gone. And so it's younger people. I mean, that's just a, a behavior of, like, gauging where I'm at survival-wise. And there's, there's some, quote-unquote, normalcy there. And there's some fear and stress there. And sometimes it's trying to put together stories to feel more comfortable. So that's kind of what's happening here is this person doesn't have a cohesive story that makes them feel better. And know. so they just move on and worry about something else. It's, it's very it's sort of stuck there.
1: Yeah. You know, I've um, always, is that a little bit like to like, a I I remember, um, so growing up as a fairly anxious, anxious kid. And I always felt like if I didn't have, um, a, you know, good family and people who kind of got me, you know, that, yeah. I, that I would have been screwed, like just screwed. and, and it was like those, there, there were like these really thin borders that sort of kept me in a sane straight line um, because I knew that mom and dad would support me even if I was a little bit weird or, or, you know, like, like it's, it's hard for me to explain, but I always felt like if I was in just a slightly different situation where let's say I had a dad who um, was insistent that I, you know, you're going to play football or, or you're not in this house or, you know, what whatever whatever you know thing he would he would label me with or, or push onto me that it would have been enough to just shove me off the edge and I would have been a mess and yeah. by a mess I mean like you know leave home freaking I don't know wrong crowd drugs whatever like I, I don't know where it would have sent me but I always felt like I was on this tenuous like you sure are lucky to be right here because had you been up the road at Billy's house you'd be screwed You'd
0: be in a corner in, a, in an alley with some heroin needles. Yeah, kind of. Di- yeah. I kind of
1: did feel that way for a while, yeah. and I still kind of look back on it and feel that way. I feel that way now with like not not that I'm, you know, I've, there's a lot of maturity since then. But um, you know, Kim and and uh, my immediate family, it is it's it's still that right. Feels like I've got this like padding around me so that I don't lose it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds way worse than I mean it to the sound, but. But, but
4: everyone acts as the rubber room for you is what you're saying? A little bit,
1: a little bit like, or, or they're, they're my, um, they're my road or they're my, uh, landmarks. Like, like I can look, I I can see a situation's being bad. Like I remember a year ago, right? Getting clobbered by early pandemic stuff. Nobody knew what was going on. We were now in the thick of it. Shutdowns were happening. It was a mess. That's about one year ago and a year ago yesterday, or excuse me, a year ago last week, Wednesday of last week we had that big earthquake in the morning Oh yeah, and then we had all the aftershocks straight up through like still today we'd be still having aftershocks uh, a year ago. And I remember at the time feeling like, Oh my gosh, like none of this could be worse. Like we're, this is happening. We're literally having a worldwide pandemic. That's hasn't happened in our lifetime. We don't really know what we're doing. Like all of those insecurities, all those unknowables, all that stuff going on, on top of that this earthquake my kids are living downtown where the earthquakes worse like there's just a lot going on and I remember looking at Kim going yeah but I'm Kim and I are here we're good like I've got her she's got me we're good we're okay doesn't matter what happens the house could collapse we're okay because we're here we'll we'll be like that couple in Titanic we'll just sink down with it down there in that bed <laughs> like we're we're uh, where, and you know the one I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Leonardo DiCaprio and what's her name. I mean, like the poor, sad couple in the bottom level who like get drowned right away, right?
0: And they dress nice and lay on the bed together. Yes, that's and, the one. Yes. I always think yeah. of those people. This tells
1: you yeah. a lot about my brain. But um, right. but but anyway, like there's there is a certain kind of anchoring that happens because of that for me. And yes. now,
4: and actually, that brings. Oh, go ahead. I was go ahead. just going
1: to say now one of my I'm I've got a, a, a fresh new hell to think about, which is. <laughs> Oh no, what if, because that doesn't last forever. Like at some point life says, hey, how about this disease? Or hey, how about you dying earlier? Hey, how about, bah, 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 bah. and so now I'm having all those stupid existential feelings about, oh, I can't even imagine life without Kim. Like, what is that even like? Or I can't imagine me leaving her in the, ah, just ugh. like those concepts have for so long not been in my head because you're busy, you're raising kids, you're young, you're and you're just like making life happen. And then suddenly you get to a certain point. What I'd rather be thinking about is like, well, we're going to Florida in uh, June and then uh, possibly blah, 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 and something, something. And we're just now, we're entering our golden period, Kim and I. We're just going to have the best time. And instead, I'm just like, oh, what if one of us is gone? Then we're we're screwed if one of us is gone. And then it's what if, what if, what if, what if? You know what I mean? So I don't know why I'm telling you all that. Yeah.
4: Ah, uh, well, you're telling me because I'm a therapist, and uh, <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah. No, but your 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 point you're proving my uh, initial point here, which is it's that some of this stuff can this this occurs to everyone. It's when it sticks, it becomes ruminating. The what ifs take over. That's sort of this the spiraling of it yeah I mean, I always say you know the the number one indicator ultimately of an anxiety um disorder is that you are robbed of the moment constantly, right, right. so instead of you know enjoying the moment that you're with the person, it's now i'm I'm obsessing about when I'm going to lose the person
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. and and our brains are doing this backward forward thing um as a sort of protective response and and people can learn to calm that part of their brain down. And there is obviously medication that can help do that, but there is this uh, it's tricky because it really is something to be a little freaked out about, right? It is not for no reason you're, you know, and, and there are anxiety disorders around things that are not actually, um, life threatening in any way, but the brain will jump on it and make it life threatening but then there are things that are life threatening or that are are difficult and it doesn't you know it doesn't minimize that these things are real to say oh well it's just anxiety, but it's learning how to navigate your brain so I, I would say that first for the emailer and then there's the second part that you, that you brought up that I think is helpful is is what does ground you um so let's just go talk to someone about anxiety. Let's leave that there. Okay. Now go back to everybody without an anxiety disorder that has these experiences um what grounds you in these difficult moments? So a pandemic hits, uh an earthquake happens and you say what well, like take stock. What what do I got going for me here? And you find you know, and in those moments I think people can find what is the thing that grounds them. And some people, I think, in this past year have learned that there's not a lot that had grounded them or that they could sort of turn to, or they realize, oh, going out and partying, that was what grounded me. And now that I don't have that, who am I? Or whatever it might be, right? Like that's why it's been so difficult as everyone at the same time was going kind, of, kind of facing a a similar introspection. That maybe didn't turn up what you wanted it to turn up or, or, you know, exacerbated things that had already begun that type of thing. Is so it is so it so part, is part
1: of that that, you know, we're, we're, I don't know how uh, everyone's experience is different, but it feels like people are sort of fed a, a line on what they're supposed to expect. So okay. when you're 30, you'll be fully successful and have the job you always dreamed of and the perfect marriage and the bit, 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 like those, those things. Uh, never, never, I mean, maybe f- for some, but most people don't have that feeling when they get there, they get there and go, wait a minute, I thought this was supposed to be perfect. And I hate my job and my wife's starting to have an affair and you know, like you, all of these things are not what somebody told me it would be. And then they say, well, when you're, you know, you have your, uh, your first kid, it's perfect. It's, this is a beautiful little angel, but yeah, some people have that, but other people have, it. you know, I'm a screaming kid who never lets you sleep and. And when they're teenagers, they stole the car and, you know, robbed a, a meth house or whatever. That's going extreme. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's never exactly what <laughs> yeah. you were told it was going to be. And how could it ever be? Because there's no such thing as like, here's a template, step into it and you'll match. It doesn't work.
4: So so this is what's amazing about this. And I'd love your theory on this. Everybody has these. Everyone has a number in their head of what an old person is. And then suddenly that one day comes in there that age and they're like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, you know, (laughs) where everyone has the, what should I have accomplished by 30? And so, so, I mean, there's some obvious things like the 30 under 30, like we literally uh, will celebrate young people doing crazy amounts of things. Right. Um, And then, so some of that has influenced the story we all have about what you should do by what age or whatever, but think about where do you guys think that comes from? What's the, the purpose of, you know, you say they tell us who's they and how did they tell you what you yeah. were supposed to have done by your 40th birthday? Yeah. Cause
1: part, part of me is like, uh, here's what I, here's what I've learned is that when I, we say they, <laughs> who mm-hmm. we're talking about are people that are either pretending really well to be the thing you think you want to be, you know, and the they're
4: general- not actually saying it out loud. Though. No,
1: they're just <laughs> living it. They're just living it. So you look up the street and go, wait, uh, Frank's got a motor home, a boat. And, um, a timeshare and on the with a beach house, and you know, you're starting to look right. at all these things, these indicators of of monetary and outside, right, right, right. The material but then you, stuff, but then you find out just under the crust, there's just a poopy cake in there. Sometimes, like, oh, he <laughs> found out later, he beat his wife or. Found out later, you know, he's
0: embezzled to get that uh, nice beach house and that boat sitting in front of his house.
1: Yeah, like that's literally happened to me where somebody I thought was, you know, all on the up and up was just doing great and all all smiles all the time. Suddenly there were cops at his house and he was being arrested for some fraud thing with a business and lost everything as a result. And I felt like when we were kids growing up, Wendy, we had a bit of this. We we lived in an area for a while called Royal Lane. And it was literally this like uppity, expensive. Because you
4: can't have a more pretentious name for your daughter Royal, Royal Lane. Lane. Yeah.
1: yeah. It was this beautiful right. place. You could you, you went right. into it and it was one way in, one way out. And it was gorgeous. And every house was way too big and yards were way too large. and And we were no different except, you know, dad didn't put a lawn in for 10 years or something. And we chopped weeds every year. And
4: we whatever. buried a lot of dead dogs. A lot of dead years. dogs there.
1: Yeah. It's a long story, but you know, we have Trashy
4: skies what we're saying.
1: Yeah. We were kind of <laughs> trashy in that area. HOA would have kicked us out if there was a thing then. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but anyway, the point is like all of the pretension was there all around us, but it, you never felt like you could live up to whatever that, that was, but then you'd find out later, like, I'm not using names because I get in trouble when I do this. Because sometimes I find out someone listens to the show, but there are numerous examples of people around us that were not what they look like to us, and whether that was just our perception, or their, or it was actually what they were trying to portray, I don't know. But it was it was never right. But you don't know that stuff, you know. You just see these other people and go, oh, I want to be like that, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. That seems perfect. That's the perfect family. That's the best car. That's the whatever, whatever. And in right. the end, none of that's real. It's all just, none of it is. <laughs> like, it's all just frosting. It's all just uh, window dressing. Yeah. And even then, frosting. it's barely there. It's like you can almost, it's almost like frosting that's a holographic projection of frosting. Right. All right. Because it's so meaningless. There's not even a flavor to it. It's just not, in the end, like if it, I no longer think about and haven't for a long time, there's no, I have no desire to keep up with any Joneses of any sort no desire and it's and that feeling of like oh what are the neighbors doing or what are, what are the family doing or whatever that ended for me two decades ago i just don't care and so i don't know why that's not a problem for me but what, but the problem for me is things like things i can't control like if kim was suddenly gone or if um you know the pandemic wiped everybody out or you know the again the existential stuff that i don't have direct control over something i have control over i have control over and i can deal with it but even in those cases there's there's a part of me that's like hey if you don't want to have a heart attack like dad what you got to do is you got to be in way better shape now and and you got to uh-huh. you know work toward a, a healthier lifestyle and all that even though his may have been mostly a genetic thing but but regardless you know i think well that's what i got to do but then my brain goes yeah but you know he wasn't in like terrible shape it's possible that you just are going to have one and it's because that's just the deal. There's like a little devil on my shoulders going, you got to tell you're 63 and then you're out of here, buddy. I get that all the time. Oh. And I hate that.
4: Right. And it's because it's- you know more. I mean, think think about, you know, when you're younger, you just don't know what can happen. I think of all the people who, who bliss, blissfully have their first child and are just like, yeah. And then it's, you know. A couple years later, they're like, "Whoa! Like two billion things could have gone wrong. <laughs> like you just don't know until you know someone that something has gone wrong." So, you're you're the, keeping up with the Joneses really is just social comparison theory, which is like, "Am I okay?" And I'm going to look around me and find out if other people are doing things I'm doing, and then to know if I'm okay. Right, so, Scott, right. if I put you in a neighborhood of creatives, believe me, you'd still want to keep up with the Joneses. Probably, but you're in a neighborhood of I don't hmm. know, like insurance salesman so like it's it's you're not comparing it's not apples <laughs> to apples. you're
1: totally right about that that's funny because uh, yeah. the one place where i do st- and that's not really keeping up with the joneses but i'll see uh like in my internet world i see some art from some artist i follow or talk to or friends with or whatever and i'll go oh man i gotta up my game look how great that is like i still i do that all the time so the, I because call
4: that's it- your actual peer group by the way right it's
1: not- i wouldn't yeah. call it competition i would call it like colleagues you're yeah yeah it's
4: it's am i doing okay it really is a at its core am i enough get my bearings yeah yeah exactly right and so you take this email and they're like what does this have to do with me um if you take the email that it's there is this thing of looking around and the people you love and care about and love and care about you could disappear like it's the same principle it's just much darker as we get older. So so let's talk about the stages of human development really quick. So I'm going to take this from Eric Erickson. By the way, I want everyone to name their kid something like Eric. <laughs> so my husband yeah, always, right. he always has coworkers with, like, I swear, like a Barry Barrison, like for real. Really? And like a Jimmy Jimison. I can't get over it. I think it's so great. Steven so name, Eric Stevenson.
1: Erick How about Steven Stevenson? That's a pretty good one.
4: Because P.S., you're a parent and you're having a kid and you're like, you know, what? Well, our last name's Johnson. I think we should do go with John. I just think it's hilarious. Anyway, enough with that. Eric Erickson uh, sort of coined and there's, there's definitely expansions on this, but this is just a real basic one of the psychosocial development of humans. And there's eight stages. And they really are like a this happens or this happens. So it's, it's, it's something versus something at a certain stage. So the first one is trust versus mistrust. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a very young infant, can they trust that they're safe? Right? If you think about the instincts that uh, a baby has, there's only two. It's the fear of falling, like the jerk falling response and the sucking um, response. So eating and not dying. Those are its two (laughs) things. (laughs) And so, you know, from a very young, young age, it's that first stage of, you know, psycho- Social development, which is can I trust the world or can I do I mistrust the world? This is why child abuse is so damaging because from a young age to learn you cannot trust yeah. means your brain is going to develop differently. You're going to experience the world differently, right. which is why we need to stop child abuse because it is it is the most damaging thing. Right, um, long term. So then we have the next stage: autonomy versus shame and doubt. Okay, so this is a kid doing, trying out new things, um, learning what they can do on their own. It's like, I do it myself, that kind of stage, right?
2: Yeah.
4: Um, and then this, the, the conversely, shame and doubt. So it's either I, I can do it or I cannot and I feel bad and I doubt myself. So again, you can see where parenting is tricky. how <laughs> You can really backfire in some of these stages. So the next one is initiative versus guilt. And that is, Again, sort of figuring out the world, think middle school, high school, and then we get into industry versus inferiority. And this is really where that sort of think of the young college student or the young out into the workforce sort of person is, you know, trying to figure out if they, so a lot of these have a lot to do with like, am I okay? Am I good enough? right? Right, Right. And so when you tackle some of these stages and you're feeling great and I'm autonomous and industrious and I'm doing great, then they seem to be doing great. Yeah. And then the next stage is identity versus role confusion. And this has a lot to do with like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? So this very early version of a midlife crisis, it's the early crisis, which is what do I want to study? What do I want to do for work? Who do I want to be with? You know, all that stuff. This is where, Carter's,
1: this is where Carter's at right now, by the way, yeah. you can see this in her. Yeah, She's going through this. It's yeah.
4: tricky. And then the next stage is intimacy versus isolation and that is the marrying the maintaining relationships or ending up not in that or choosing that and i would i would say the word may be changed for today because i don't think people choose isolation and they either choose marriage or isolation i think people can choose intimacy without it being marriage but that's that's kind of historically the common are you pairing up and building a life right then we get to generativity versus stagnation, which is where we're at with this emailer, right? So right between, between intimacy and isolation and generativity and stagnation, you've got this magical midlife crisis moment where you're sort of questioning a lot of choices. And I hear people, I, I, I feel like I have a new book I need to write, which is called If I Had a Dime. If I had a dime for every, <laughs> for every person who said, fill in the blank with a certain age, I can't do blank because I'm this age blank. Yeah. So, I will hear someone in their fifties say that, and then I'll hear someone who's twenty six say, "I have missed the boat. I have no options." Yeah. What the crap! And it's because, and I'm gonna. This is a whole other topic, but I really think the the most internalized bias all of us have. We all have internalized bias. We're all a little bit racist. We're all a little bit sexist. We're all a little bit all.
1: Well, uh oh! Were you there, A One
4: hundred percent of there us. Have internalized a. Oh, right
1: sorry. You cut out for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah, There's a little internet. You're is good. Kid
4: using a microphone.
1: You no, know, it was. I, I. It wasn't your mic. It was definitely internet or something. But yeah, internet. Uh, it really uh, might be
4: you, the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> it might be the microwave. <laughs> no, is your phone in there? <laughs> anyway, it's on the same frequency. <laughs> I have this I have this.
1: Oh, weird! Is it really? That's weird.
4: It, wave <laughs> it's obvious anyway okay. yeah
1: yeah that's really weird can
0: interfere with wi-fi
4: 5g yeah. i'm on
1: a. oh yeah you know what i've heard of that yeah mm-hmm. uh, not microwaves so much but other stuff getting in getting in people's 5g business so maybe that's what you're having there are you there did we lose her i think we're losing her
0: oh damn it all
1: right i'm a, a read adder to this call see if that doesn't clear it up I've heard of that, um, and I mm-hmm. still have problem with certain Bluetooth issues. There's so many signals flying around mm-hmm. now that um, if I go outside my front yard, with, sorry,
4: that is oh, that's embarrassing. No, no you, it really is about. the microwave. Like I'm not kidding.
1: Where, well, who, what do you got going in there? Got like well, a nice morning popcorn? burrito, or what do you got going? What's in
4: there? No, but I swear to you, every time my kid, I thought I was just being stupid and mega ignorant, and every time my kid can use the microwave, I can hear the door shut on the microwave. And then my internet goes bad. <laughs> That's weird. That's really and weird. And I'm at a perfect location where, because it has a certain frequency or whatever, right? It mm-hmm. just like interrupts the the internet. So I had to get a five G. 5G... <laughs> sorry, anyway, sorry, I switched. I'm
1: all good. right, you're all good now. No worries. It's
4: embarrassing. Okay, I was on a roll too. I'm yeah, so mad. Yeah, you were on a roll.
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember what part of the oh role internalized you were on. yes oh, right, okay. Everybody.
4: So we all internalize certain things, right? So internalized racism or internalized sexism is. Where you are of the, the group that is marginalized, but you have internalized the thinking of the group, the majority group, and hate those things about yourself or yep. your group, right. Right? right? So we all have internalized, internalized ageism, all of us, every last one of us. And there's some young bias that humans have, tend to have, um, and we attribute so much to youth, And it happens throughout our lives while we're young. We don't know it. And then suddenly you're not young and you start to have these experiences you didn't maybe have before. People treat you a little bit differently or you're discounted in a meeting when you weren't discounted before or, you know, whatever. Um, And so we're just living our lives internal internally at whatever age we feel, but the rest of the world watches us melt and goes, yeah, you're not relevant anymore. Um, At least culturally speaking in our culture. So this ageism, though, is this, you should be this by this moment. You should, um, like, you can't do it. There's, you know, so we, we get to this stagnation generativity thing. Like, are you still capable? So if you think about it, you ask them, what's the ideal age to start your own business and yeah. have it be successful? I, wanna, I want you guys to guess. What's the ideal age to be successful in creating a startup and doing your own, your own business?
1: Well, I mean, you're your natural. <laughs> seems like
0: a trick question. I'm going to say my the age I was when I started mine. Oh, yeah. yeah I so see. What was that? Uh, that was 30, 30. Yes, say 30.
4: Okay. How about you,
1: Scott? Uh, what do you think? It was roughly the same, but my idea, I mean, in my head, my ideal is as, as soon as you can so that you can have as much time as you want or can to grow it and do stuff with it. So I would say
4: internalize ageism. There we go. Yeah, that that's probably, probably
1: right. Yeah.
4: Like, right. I don't know. And, I, and I, here's the research. The most, the common age for someone to start a successful that lasts and works business is 47.
1: Really? Oh, wow. Hmm. well
4: Well past all of yeah. the thinking most people would have, and it's because right you past have the, the
0: Joneses, right <laughs>
4: past it. Well, you have the skills, the maturity, the know-how. The, you actually are prepared for the whole thing, right? Like there's, yeah. there's a lot to that that makes a lot of sense when we think about it. But we are so age biased, not only age biased, but time biased, which is getting to the point of what this person is saying. When time seems to starts to feel shorter, right? We, we you see this with older people or elderly. They're much quicker to tears or they're much quicker to sort of, um, it's like, there's, there's actually experience of time that is, it's like time bends a little bit and it shrinks. And there is this just, you know, in some ways I think that can make people grumpier. And I think in some other ways it makes people a a lot more open and more generous that they just can see past all the things that used to matter when you were 20. They don't matter. Um, and there's not so much time left, so some just, of that happens. We just have these gnarly,
1: stage. we have these gnarly public examples of like
4: Mark Zuckerberg was only 23 when. He, mm-hmm.
1: Like you, you can't avoid that that being you know ponied up as the standard. Because everyone thinks it we got. is.
4: Look what we got! Because a 23 year old got had control. <laughs> right. Like, I, know, I actually, am yeah. not. That's a that's worst. Not example. a
1: positive thing. It's a bad <laughs> example. It's a bad example. But but there is this notion, and again, it's that thing you're talking about. And I never really thought of it this way, but we all think of, you know, Steve Jobs being 19 and a dropout and starting his thing in his garage with Wozniak, and and you know, true genius starts at these these ridiculously young ages, and then they. Blow everybody's mind and become mega millionaire, billionaires or whatever. You know, Bill Gates. Everybody, they're all they only all
4: identify s- success as one thing. Yeah, it's how much they're worth. man. Yeah. Yeah. it's annoying. Which I I find the most yeah. ironic thing about human life is that so many people feel unworthy, and yeah. that because you- this. You can't yeah. from
0: the outside see how happy yeah. someone is or how exactly. content. Like if if all of a sudden we found out Taylor Swift was the most happy, content person uh, ever, then we say, all right, that's success right there. And yeah. she's 14, 15. We just, 15, right. I think. We just like, never she? know. We just
1: <laughs> never know. Like I was just reading a thing this morning was when I was prepping for the show. Um, I used to be a big fan. Well, I was a fan of Brett Favre's time uh, in uh, uh, Green Bay or Green yeah green bay green bay Mm -hmm. yeah um that was a great time for that team and for him and you know super bowl wins and all that stuff and my sister you know there we have this other connection where kim grew up with uh she went to brett Favre's high school his dad taught her how to drive he was a driver's ed teacher like we have all these connections so in our heads we're like uh brett Favre, young local mississippi kid made it he did it everybody everything's perfect and he's not without controversy but this morning is big thing about how he uh, almost committed suicide because his, his, um, painkiller addiction was so bad. Like, well, you never freaking know the guy's living. He's mm. laying in a giant pile of money. It doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter, but we still all think it does. You know, we're just so conditioned.
4: And understanding is so limited to wherever we are. Right. Yeah. Like I find myself saying things to young women that I think, oh, I remember when old women said this to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Here we
4: go. Cycle of life, right? Or that, mm-hmm. you know, it's the moment that you, you pay your first electric bill and you suddenly hear yourself saying what your dad used to say. like. <laughs> We don't own the power company. Turn that's off the right. light. Turn off the light when you leave the room. We don't company. Yeah. So you the have to company. sort of navigate that 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 because those moments until they come, you don't have that sort of empathy or understanding. And so that's the power of actually being older that we don't revel in. Where there are some cultures that have existed on this earth where they do recognize that wisdom and they treat it very differently. So this is a this is not unique to the United States, but it is particularly bad here. In that we just we we worship the young, we really do, and 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 we and it's the halo effect, right? You attribute things to beautiful young people that they don't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't have them, and if you really test it, and then think about the pressure to be the thing, and then we've got the fake outer stuff that that is just everywhere, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the very last stage. So it's stage eight, and this is where this is heading for this emailer and for all of us, which is. Ego integrity versus despair. So this is the, and, and in other um, psychosocial developmental stages, there's a couple other people who've done lots of versions of this, but it's, it's sort of legacy or like drifting off to nothingness, right? So even think about now, what do you know about some of your ancestors? Like, what do you know? What was their legacy? And maybe you have some idea, maybe you don't. Some families, it's all that matters is the legacy of whoever, you know, whatever. And, and so that's kind of people's impulses to leave money to their children and grandchildren or leave the family farm or the family business, right? There is this impulse that I've done these things so the people behind me can have something better. That's that's part of my legacy. Right. Or in other words, using Erickson's words, ego integrity that I lived a good life. There's some kind of solid ground to stand on finding some way to feel like you can move to the next stage, whether that is death and oblivion, or if that is death and another life, whatever you believe. Right. So, so this is that, that difficult stage. And then the other option is despair. So here's where the treating anxiety separately, because it is causing things to be harder, I think is important but this this is every human at the end of life is is ego integrity versus despair um and it's tricky and we know how to elongate life for a long time well past somebody standing on their own two feet walking around right oh, yeah, um for sure. and so so i think we we mess a little bit with ego integrity at the very end um that can be tricky so so okay so there's a framework to kind of think about it i would recommend this person there's some books out there, just read some stuff on some basic human development, lifespan development, because I, I think it's helpful to get that in into your sights as you think about things. So next week, I have an email that is specifically about a midlife crisis um, that I think will tackle that thing a little bit separ- separately. But this is more about some a couple of things. One is dealing with the anxiety. Another is grief. And we talk about this on the show quite a bit, right? Which is Actually learning how and practicing grieving because we get to these stages because things are being lost. They're being lost in quicker succession as you get older. Um, when something is lost when you're young, I mean, we all just say it's so tragic, but when you lose a loved one and they're in their seventies, people are not saying that's tragic, even though it is for you, for or whoever is the the loved one, right? It doesn't loss is loss is loss. Yeah. Um yeah. And and what do we, how do we navigate those stories? What do we do with, what is the meaning of all of this? That That is something to work through with somebody that you might think you don't need to, but can really ease the next section of your life and have you more present in your life. Because in the end, you're going to die and there's oblivion or whatever it is that is going to happen and what you think is going to happen. But you're going to miss all the time before then mm-hmm. if you're drawn away only by the anxious thinking, or you're drawn away with this. Um, and, and to me, it sounds like stuck, um, loss, and grief just hasn't, hasn't been processed enough to free you up to experience other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other way to think about this is when you're aging, and this is partly why getting old is hard, is we don't have as many experiences that are just that revelatory, new, exciting experience, which I think is why I love the uh, in and of itself show so much is, uh, I mean, was the last time I watched something that really surprised me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't right. a cliche or followed a formula because I've so, been lo- so. alive long enough, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 Well,
4: so there's a bit of that. That means life can feel a little less joyful or a little less different or, or, and this is why 30 year olds are like, I'm, I'm my career is almost over. It's like, well, no, none of that is true but the newness stuff does stop happening and reality and people are hard and family's tricky or, you know, and so we got to find a different reserve than just the new and shiny. Cause that is very human of us. We want new and shiny.
1: I think you've, I think you explained so earlier in the show, you weren't here for this, but I, I have this thing where I um, wasn't quite sure why I was so drawn to them, but I'm really drawn to these Alzheimer's patients on TikTok. It's usually a caregiver or a family member running the account. But it's just regular videos dealing with the decline of their loved one and they'll show them eating at breakfast or something and not remembering who they were and having to remind them that I'm your daughter and, you know, this sort of stuff and why I'm so compelled by those videos. And I think I think I know why it isn't because I'm like, oh, I want to revel in the dread of a potential, you know, um, what it would be like to deal with dementia or, you know, loss of, of short and long term memory or whatever. It's not that. It's that I'm getting to see, and for the internet, this is a rare thing, but I'm getting to see actual, inevitable, down-to-brass-tacks humanity, one direction or the other. It's yeah. you you care about a person or you don't, you are helping them through this part of their life or you're not, and so those that are, I just find that really hopeful. Like, And there's no there's no turning away from it, you know what I mean? It's not like I'm watching, oh... Harry style says that the interview with Oprah was a paper bad like that. I don't care about any of that stuff that's vacant and empty. And I don't give a poo, but this is me watching somebody struggle with the parent who raised them now doesn't know who they are and they've got to feed them and help them walk and understand. And when they get up in the middle okay. of the night, they got to calm them down because they're afraid and they don't know where they are. Like there's something about the, the immediacy or the, um, the oh i don't know just like the raw day-to-day reality of you either you're you're, you either care or you don't you know what i mean
4: Mm -hmm. i don't know
1: if i'm explaining this very well but there's something about that that is cathartic for me can't can't really explain why except that i think you're sort of rubbing up against it which is this isn't me trying to my life has shifted from trying to follow people who I wish I was more like. And, and now I'm looking at people who I hope I'm like, <laughs> does that That's make
4: sense? Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. And that. developmentally very appropriate. Like there, the, there is something magical that happens in midlife that most of us need to learn to better appreciate. And that is the, the loosening of this. I need to make people like me or I need to be okay right? Like developmentally, there is a, a shift. And that's, I think why businesses succeed when the, when the starter upper is 47 and 48, yeah. because you have the, the games you have to play when you're younger, the pressure, the, the way you think about things. I mean, there is some relief from that. And some of that comes with just more experience, more maturity and realizing it's not worth it. And what it is, what is worth it? you consuming or you connecting to it's just it's getting pickier about what you will allow in your life in some ways um that is what's actually nutrition nutritious as opposed to empty you know
2: Mm, right
4: and some of that is again this sort of generativity versus stagnation and then eventually like where are you headed after this and what kinds of things you want to be known for or right it's that legacy building thing that starts to to matter. We just have this problem in our culture that, you know, someone who has a lot of money is the idea of success. When I think the most successful people will never know their names because they were incredibly successful, especially those who have broken generational cycles of violence or whatever, right? Like the most successful people are just, they're never going to be in the news.
1: Yeah. That's the quicker we come to grips with that, the better better it I don't know, the better off we are, I think. But I don't know, the culture's weird, man. We gotta deal with it, I guess, and figure it out. That's why we have Wendy on the show, to help us figure it out. So thank you for that, and uh, hopefully this helped down in the dark, and anyone else who may be going through similar things, uh, like Wendy says, it's all—it's everybody at some point, so somebody somewhere is yeah. hearing this, and hopefully it's helpful. To some degree, yeah uh wendy anything else going on uh, realsteps.org still there Go sign up for stuff coming down the road but uh may yeah may is the day is the is the month sweet
4: may is the month it's, yeah
1: all right yeah get over there sign up now and uh you'll you'll be a part of the next wave you won't regret it yes it's a cult just kidding it's not it's not a cult at all that's a it's joke
4: it's kind of a cult <laughs> Nah.
1: Hashtag not a cult. It's all the good things about the cults with all the bad stuff not there. So
4: exactly, uh, exactly. So well done. No
1: uh, Have fun, and we'll talk to you uh, soon. <laughs> Bye now. It's <laughs> a terrible, a terrible way to end it. <laughs>
2: it's just
1: dumb. Um, all right. If you've got your own thoughts on this too, don't forget you can always email us the morning stream at gmail dot com. All right. Before we go today, I have a, a bonus mashup we've been holding on to for a couple of days. Yeah. This is called Balls Naked.
0: What's, what's OMI stand for? Oh, OMI. Shoot, let me pull up Jamie's. Uh, I should keep that. What we should do is put that list in in the show notes template. Yeah. So we can always look over. That's a good idea. Um, one second.
2: Um, oh, where the hell is that? Da, 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 da. oh you know what i'll do is i'll
0: search for omi with his name and that means it'll come up a lot faster if i do it that way omi is old man impersonation oh
1: wonderful i like these <laughs> i think i feel like we just did one of these but oh my here it is yes. again then uh, hopefully it's not when <laughs> whoops, one we've already played but we'll find out in a second so this is balls naked in wait a ge- minute i what? think we did do this did one we play already? this one all right i'm gonna play a little so, bit let's see yeah. what happens hold on okay
0: 50 year old podcasters. Oh, we did. We totally did this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No mashup today, folks. Sorry about that. There is no mashup today. I repeat, no mashup today. I know. It's kind of a bummer. I was looking forward to it. That's all right. Next week, we'll have a fresh one on Monday uh, from Jamie. Sorry about the false alarm, everyone. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon.com slash TMS. Uh, it gets you all sorts of stuff, including daily bonus audio content with every single episode. And uh, also the PM edition, which happens tomorrow, uh, 2.30 Mountain Time. That'll be live for uh, PM listeners. Last week, everybody got a free one their in their in their, uh, in their feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, not this week, going behind the wall again. Just so. to give you a taste of what you're missing out on. That's right, just a peek. Brian belching yeah. is what you missed out <laughs> It's a good one, though. It's such a good burp. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to hear Brian burp on Fridays, that's the day <laughs> to show up. So come be a part of it. That's uh, TMS PM on Fridays. Uh, details on what all that stuff is, you can go check it out at patreon.com. Email us at themorningstream at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at MorningStream. And uh, for everything else, you can find at frogpants.com slash T. M.S. The tradition says we play a song at this point. So, Brian, will you? Who
0: am I to break tradition? Uh, Aaron wrote in, said, hi, gents. Just thought I'd shake things up a bit and request a cool jazz version of Pure Imagination. I heard the other day on Pandora. Any day will do. No special occasion. Thanks for all you do and hope you enjoy. Uh, Side note, I got to see these guys in person many years ago as part of a special high school jazz band program, Jazz at the Hilton Inn SLC, which is now a Sheraton. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Monty Alexander Trio might be my favorite concert experience ever. Mm. So, yeah, this is a this is a very Andrew Allen uh, level uh, jazz thing. It's a great cover of uh, uh, Gene Wilder's song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, "Pure Imagination," performed here by Monty Alexander. This is the steaming hot album version. Here's Monty Alexander and "Pure Imagination."
1: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog
3: Pants Network.
1: Get more shows like this at FrogPants.com.
3: Before time runs out,
1: try again. It's a background. Runs out. <gasps> runs out. <laughs>